Hello, welcome to Unleashing the Champion Within. I'm your host, Cindy Stewart. And each week we'll bring you an inspiring message and give you tools to help you release the champion within. To find out more about Unleashing the Champion Within, go to my website, cindy-stewart.com. Our music today is by Alexander and the Grapes. Check out their latest release, Hyperself, on iTunes. Hi everyone, this week we're gonna focus on building your relational leadership muscles. Last week, we talked a lot about relational leadership, and you can go listen to the podcast and download my new ebook called Relational Leadership off my website, cindystewart.com. This week, we're going to build those relational muscles we worked on last week. I want to share with you a quote by John Maxwell, and he is one of my favorite gurus on leadership. And in his book, Leadership 101, He writes, successful leaders are learners, and the learning process is ongoing. So no matter how long we've been in leadership, whether we're just beginning or whether we've been doing it for years, there's a process of learning continually. It never stops. And I want to tell you a little story about really my first entry into high-level leadership. My company had promoted me to director. And with that directorship came a board position. So after I'd been in the position for maybe about six months or so, they enrolled me in a nine-month leadership class. And I needed some extra training to expand into the role I was placed in. And the class was grueling, but it was exhilarating at the same time. It was once a week, three hours a night. And after a full day of work, which I usually got to work about 5 a.m., that was the grueling part, I would go to class and it was so well managed and it had practical applications. I had a group full of peers that were either ahead of me, behind me in the same position I was in. And it was an incredible time of growth for me. And it allowed me to hone my skills as well as learn new ones. One of the themes that was woven throughout was keeping your focus while building your team. And that was very beneficial because I went from managing several offices to managing offices across the nation. And we all know that when our territory is expanded of responsibility, then sometimes it's harder to juggle the focus that we're called to keep in our goals, in our profitability, in the vision for the company, while juggling all the people that work for you, the managers, the the direct reports, the people beneath them. So one of the things I had to learn was really how to keep my focus, how to be able to say yes to the things that needed immediate attention, but to manage and schedule the things that didn't need immediate attention. And one thing that I really uh, got a hold of, and, and I want to share this part with you, was relational leadership. And like I said, we talked about it last week, but let me just refresh one little part of it. A relational leader carries the ability to build a rapport with their team in a way that maximizes everyone's potential while creating synergy among them in achieving clear set goals. And it's not an easy thing to do, but it's a very intentional thing 
that requires you to focus on maximizing potential, building rapport, but achieving the goals that set before the whole company, that set before your whole department. And you've got to learn how do I lead in order to learn how to do these things. And last week we looked at the different leadership personalities and and how that works with the personalities within your group. So you can look at that, um, like I said, on my webpage. But today we're going to look at two different styles of leadership. In fact, they are polar opposites. There is the controlled and contained leadership style and the empowered and released leadership style. Now you can tell those are definitely opposites. And we've all had moments where we've been a little bit of both or we've had people that we've worked for that were either one extreme or the other or had a mixture of both. But uh, let's start with the cold, controlled and contained first. The cold, controlled and contained leadership style is defined by the need of oversight and engagement in the detail of their employees' daily job. They require from their staff constant feedback, supervision of every task, and full disclosure of all facts for any decisions that's going to be made. So they keep a very controlled and contained leadership. And it's very much like, uh, have you ever heard of helicopter moms where they talk about moms that just hover over their child, whether they're little or whether they're 20? They just have to be there for every moment to make sure there's no mistakes made, there's no risk, that type of thing. Well, this is a helicopter leader where the leader has to hover over every task, over every person to ensure the task is being completed in the way they want. The leader firmly believes that if they do not hover, then the task will not have efficiency, it will not be cost effective, it will not be completed properly, it will not be done in the exact manner they require. And what it really does is it sends a message to that employee that I've hired you, but I've hired you to really be a puppet under my strings because I want you to do everything exactly the way I tell you to do it. And I'm going to watch to make sure you do. And this, in this helicopter environment, each task and each employee is so micromanaged that it doesn't allow for any movement in the department. It just allows for the process to be done in the way this leadership style requires. And by doing that, this method of leading creates limitations for the leader and for the staff. And I'm just going to give you just a couple of limiting factors in this leadership style. The first limiting factor is tunnel vision. You know how it is going through the Lincoln Tunnel. You can't see anything. There's a few lights, but you go through until you hit the light of day again. And that's what happens in this leadership style. Tunnel vision occurs when the leader is so focused on a single task that they can't see anything else. And tunnel vision keeps the leader from seeing the big picture because all they are is focused on that one thing. And even if they have 10 employees or 100 employees, they're so busy 
focusing, making sure that everyone is doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing in the way they should do it, that it's like they can't see the forest for the trees. They can't see what's ahead of them because they have so many tasks in front of them. And tunnel vision consumes all the leader's time, making the leader less effective. As leaders, our perspective should be on our short-term and long-term goals for our area of responsibility. And when we spend our hours hovering, being that helicopter, our short-term goals may achieve a level of success. However, the time that we need to execute our long-term goals is eaten away. And that keeps you working additional hours, leaving no time for anything else that matters to you, or it just keeps you, if you're not willing to work the extra hours, then it just keeps you in this very myopic, very small vision, and you won't be able to look at longer goals. You won't be able to look in the, in the future and have vision for those things. So it really oppresses what you're supposed to be doing as a leader because you don't have any room, you don't have any space to think, to breathe, to even consider anything else. So that's our first limiting factor is really the tunnel vision. And the tunnel vision creates such a vortex for the leader. Now, our second limiting factor is stifling employees. Employees who are micromanaged, who are hover over, are less productive. And there are statistics that you can Google and take a look at uh, online, but they are less productive because they're so managed that it's hard for them to really even get into a flow because they risk being uh, corrected because they've gotten off the task or the direction of the task that the leader wants. So they really become less productive. And, and employees who are micromanaged like that have a higher stress level because they're always concerned about that person, the, their leader, their boss, who is looking over their shoulder, that are, that's making sure that every little thing is done in, in their proper perspective, not necessarily in the way that the employee would necessarily do it. And employees who are micromanaged are undervalued and not trusted. That's how they feel. They feel like what they've been brought there to do doesn't have value in the eyes of their leader. And they're not trusted to complete that task in a way that they are skilled and trained to do. And leaders, we know that we hire employees to make our jobs easier and to take specific areas of responsibility off our plate so we can do other things. And if controlling and containing is your method of leadership, then your employees lose the opportunity to think and grow within your company. They lose that motivation because they know that they can't color outside the lines. They can't have an open thought about, what if we do it this way? Or I found if I do it this way, then it helps me be more productive. With that controlling and containing leadership style, there's not that freedom to brainstorm and come up with different ideas. So let's look at our second leadership style. 
We've looked at one extreme, the controlling and containing, but let's look at empowered and released. Now the empowered and released leadership style is defined as the ability to give authority and freedom to your team to accomplish the task within the framework of the department's goals and visions. Let me just say that again. So the empowered and released leadership style is the ability of a leader to give authority and freedom to their team to accomplish the task within the framework of the department goals and visions. Definitely sounds like somebody I'd like to work for. In this leadership style, the leader is focused on the macro, the bigger picture, the overall goal. And the team understands the macro, that big picture. However, they are focused on accomplishing their task uh, that they're assigned to in order to complete that bigger picture. The empowered and released leadership style doesn't require a helicopter to oversee it. If we stay in the aircraft theme, I see it as they are fighter jet leaders. They are able to empower their employees by releasing them into positions they were hired to do. And as a fighter jet, they just f do a flyby. They see if anything's uh, needs attending and then they can just swoop down and help out. They also trust their team to call out and say, hey, it looks like we're getting a little bit off uh, task here or we've kind of lost the path that we're supposed to be going. Let's see if we can figure this out and work this problem out. And it allows the leader to stay focused on their mission like a fighter jet pilot while staying available to answer questions and provide input. And the thing that is uh, just really embracing about this type of leadership is the leader believes in the people that they hire. And they know in order to accomplish the goals, in order to grow, in order to develop, whether it's customers, whether it's products, whatever it is, that they need to empower each staff member and release responsibility to them. And it doesn't mean they just release, run off, and, he never, and they never see him again. Really, the leadership uh, this method of leadership creates an environment of freedom for both leadership, for both the leader and the staff. You know, it's interesting because when um, I was working at a, a company, my boss for a while was a helicopter boss and he liked to help me do everything. But then he got a new assignment, you know, a bigger project to work on. And I realized it wasn't that he didn't trust me to do my work it's just he was bored so he figured he'd just help me and of course being a boss he they always think they have the best way to do it don't we right leaders so it's funny how trying to understand each other and understand the motivation behind each other and learning how to work is all part of relational leadership and like I said, if you, if you haven't taken the little test that I gave in my last podcast, go back and take it because it will help you understand yourself and, the, and your personality and leadership, but it also can be given to all of your staff so you can understand them and their personalities. And it just makes working as a team much easier.
So here are a few of the freedom factors in this leadership style, because when you have a leader and when you are a leader that empowers and releases, it brings freedom to the whole group. It brings freedom to you. It brings freedom to the staffer. One of the first freedom factors is leadership clarity. It brings clarity to see beyond the day to day. And it gives room to visualize and plan for the future. I was listening to a podcast a little earlier and it was Donald Miller story brand. And he had um, a guest on there, Al Andrews. And he was talking about needing space in your life as leaders. And he said that when Central Park in New York City was designed in the late 1700s, it was much bigger than what, what New York City needed based on its size. But someone had the vision, the forethought enough to make it much bigger so you can grow into it. When you have space and you have room, then it gives you vision to plan much bigger than for what you need right now. It allows you to really dream and, and lay out goals and plans for the future that are much greater than what you're serving right now, whether it's customers, whether it's product uh, production, whether it's development, whatever it is, it gives you room to really think bigger. The other uh, freedom factor in the leadership clarity section is it gives you confidence as a leader, knowing the bases are covered and the work is being done well by your team. And you know, that makes a big difference when you can walk into the office and you can look at your staff and you can say, gosh, I am amazed by the ability, the skill and the devotion they have to getting the work done. And they go above and beyond. And that really comes from that leadership that is empowering, that leadership that is releasing. And through all of that, we know that comes training, it comes uh, reassessing, it comes being able to face problems and figure out solutions. And that's really the next point in our leadership clarity. It's the clarity in knowing your team comes with solutions and plans for the challenges they face. We know that we're going to run into problems. We'll probably run into three or four problems each day, but, but we've empowered our people to come up with solutions for those problems. And when they come and say, Hey, I've got this problem and here are some of my ideas, it makes for a, a much more diversity in solving something because they have some ideas. They may have brought a team member with them that were involved in it. So you've got three people processing through and solving an issue. Instead of them coming to you saying, boss, I got a problem and just dropping it on your lap. You want them to come to you with not only what the problem is, but here are my ideas. Here are some thoughts to fix it if they can't fix it on their own. And, and that is freedom right there for you as a leader. You know, we know that we've been placed in position as leaders where we have to accomplish the job at hand. And we have to find staff that provides the support, the expertise, the ones that are trained to succeed in our area of responsibility because they succeed in their area of responsibility. Earlier, I was telling you about how I was promoted to director. 
and we transferred someone from another city to take my old position. And honestly, she was the exact opposite of me in every way, every way. But we were a perfect fit together. She worked very differently than me. Her methods were completely different. She was much more methodical in her methods. Uh, I was much more um, visual, visual and visionary in my methods, but she would get it done. And she would complete her assignments and just take care of things. In fact, I could give her any assignment and I knew that if she wasn't supposed to do it herself, she would assign it to her team that was able to complete it with excellence. But it was always done when needed. It was always done with excellence. And it was always over and above what I expected. And those are the kind of team members we're looking for. And maybe you've got team members that you want to develop into that. They just need a little extra training. They need a little extra encouragement or even direction. But if you can look at your team and see what their assets are and see where their deficits are and help to develop and mold them to exactly what you need to accomplish where you're going, then it makes it so much easier to be a leader who empowers their people and releases them. The second freedom factor is confident employees. When you empower and release the people that work for you, they're going to be much more confident in what they do. And we know that confident employees believe they are trusted to handle the task at hand, which makes them so much more productive. You know, it's like when your kids growing up and you give them something to do for the very first time. I remember my kids used to love to help me load the dishwasher when they were little, you know, they were three, they were four years old. And did they do it perfect the first time, the second time, or even the 10th time? No, but they learned and they're, they're great at it. And it's so funny when they were growing up, uh, we had little chores and my daughter and my son would trade off because my daughter loved to cook and my son loved doing the dishes. So she would cook and he would do the dishes or uh, she didn't mind cleaning the bathrooms, but she hated doing the laundry and he didn't mind doing the laundry. So they would always trade off at what fit them the best and what they were really good at. And it just made it so much easier and we got everything done. Sounds like I just made my kids work for me. I didn't, I promise. I helped. I supervised. <laughs> anyway, confident employees also are willing to take a risk to improve processes and to learn because they know in this freedom model, this freedom and release model, that mistakes become opportunities of growth for everyone and that mistakes are not going to create uh, a break in their relationship with you. It's going to create a repair of what the mistake is and being able to move them forward so that mistake isn't made again. I mean, it only makes sense, but we've had bosses, we've all had bosses where a mistake was like the end of the world. And yes, there are some mistakes that are worse than others, but most of the mistakes we make are learning curves or we made an error or it was a, a, mis a careless mistake that we just missed it somehow. 
but they're normally not firing issues. Now, if they're repetitive, that's a whole different story, but they're normally not firing issues. So we, as leaders, want to help them to recover from those mistakes, help them to learn from those mistakes, not feel like they're so terrified that the next time they make a mistake, that's going to be it for them. But that's how you really empower your people is give them the room to make mistakes. And then confident employees are motivated employees because they know they're listened to when they're offered in, offering input. They know they're valued by the leader for their perspectives. They know that they are needed for the expertise that they bring. And it just gives them that whole level of ownership. It gives them a whole level of confidence. It gives them a whole level of motivation to be a great part of this team that you're developing. So confident employees make you as a leader look like a champion in the eyes of others. And when the employees are empowered and released, then the whole team, including you, grows and succeeds. So we've talked about these two different styles and they are opposite. And I did that on purpose while acknowledging that, you know, there's a combination. Now, if you're one extreme or the other, that's something you may want to take a look at. Um, but acknowledging that there's combinations of these two and other leadership styles that we haven't discussed that you can relate to. But my question is in thinking about this, okay, here's the controlled and contained style and here's the empowered and released style. And for me, I think in a perfect world, empowered and released would be the way to go. But we know that our jobs are not perfect. We know that people that work for us aren't perfect. So how do we develop the kind of leader we want to be? And that is the question of the day. What type of leader do you want to be? I shared with you a little earlier about my experience at the leadership school. And because I'm an avid learner, I, I was happy to be trained. And what I learned was I was promoted because of a natural tendency to lead and some of the skills that I had. But that natural tendency does not necessarily equate to being a natural at leading people. Does that make sense? Because my tendency naturally is to lead. You know, I'll look at things, say, okay, let's go, and I'll organize and lead. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I have it all sewn up when it comes to leading different personalities, leading different projects, leading different teams. And that's the thing that I think as leaders we have to keep in mind. I was good at what I did and my specialty really was gathering a team together. But I also had this little hidden talent which I could do going into most companies or even in to restaurants, department stores today. I can go into a place and I can look at it and just know by scanning through what adjustments need to be made to the operations there that would make a difference in how their customers value their store or, or how an employee would be better well utilized. And my company would send me to other locations and even to some of our clients' locations to look and see what I would recommend. And I'd, of course, write a report of my findings. Now, funny part of this is, is nowadays I have to kind of watch myself because when I go into a restaurant or to a department store or anywhere, I think, you know, if they would only make this little adjustment here because it's, because it's, it's my natural tendency. 
I have to stop myself. And every once in a while, I'll catch myself writing a letter to the owner saying, you know, if you would just make these small, small adjustments, I think you would see your uh, business improve so much. And I do it free of charge. <laughs> but the point of all this is, is I was good at many things and I was great at a few, but I needed a training. I needed to learn and hone my leadership skills. So what the challenge is for you who are listening that are leaders or up and coming leaders is determining what kind of leader do you want to be? What kind of leader would you like to be for your staff, for your team, even for your neighborhood homeowners association or whatever it is you get involved in? And not only that, what would I need to do to become that kind of leader? So when you get home, if you're, if you're not in a place to write something down or when you get to the office, take a few minutes and write down what type of leader you would like to be. Just brainstorm. And some of the attributes could be from people you've admired over the years and uh, watched as great leaders that you considered a really great leader. I know for me, Bill Johnson has been a great leader for, that I've followed and learned from. And one of the key lessons I've learned from him is the willingness to make room for growth by empowering people. And in that empowerment, mistakes are definitely made. I mean, they just are. But he uses them to facilitate growth in that person. And he has developed a strong leadership team at Bethel Church, where he pastors in Reddington, California. He's also written multiple books and serves on several different boards. So he, for me, has been just a great model over the last 15 years of how to empower your people and how to help them be courageous in their jobs. So once you write down all what kind of leader you want to be, I'd like for you to make three columns. And at the top of each column, I want you to put in one column, great, and one column, good, and one column, need to learn. And then take what you wrote down for the type of leader you'd like to be, you'd like to become, and under the columns, write what you're great at, what you're good at, and what you need to learn. And you may want to get some feedback from your team in these areas. Hopefully you'll have a um, open relationship where you're able to really talk about things with your team or, you know, pick your right hand person and hopefully you'll be able to pull out some information from them, get their perspective on what they think you're great at, what you, they think you're good at and what they think you could work on a little bit. And remember, this is all to help you and prepare you. And then prioritize your need to learn by picking the highest priority and get to work, set a plan. And, you know, these simple steps of defining what you want for your future to be as a leader and determining the next step will elevate your team. It will also prepare you for promotion. By taking the time and investing in that one thing, you will see a difference in your team. You'll see a difference in the way you're viewed by your peers. And you'll see a difference in uh, your customer relations because when you develop a skill, it definitely shows in everything that you do. 
Now, if you skip this part, then what you're really saying is, I'm, I'm not ready to change. I'm really not ready to grow my team and I'm not ready for a promotion. Are you ready? You got to commit. You know, you listen to podcasts and you listen to uh, different videos and you read books, but you got to take what you learn, what you glean from it and put it into action. And if you need help, I can help you connect to your best. I can help you develop as a leader. We can develop uh, a plan together so you're able to go to the places that you want to go and see the results. So contact me by filling out a contact form at my website, cindy-stewart.com. Because I want to help you be the best you can be. To be the best you to clarify your vision, to grow as a leader and develop your plan. Remember, you are the best investment you can make. So invest in yourself. And until next time, guys, have a great day. Thank you for listening today. Did you enjoy this podcast? Before you leave, take a minute and rate it on iTunes and subscribe to Unleashing the Champion Within so you won't miss an episode. You can also visit our webpage, cindy-stewart.com, and get your free ebook, Relational Leadership. You can contact me on my website or on my Twitter account, at cindystewart1, on Instagram, cindystewartauthor, and Facebook, cindystewartauthor. Until next time, remember, live your life as a champion, making every day count. Thank you.